Today we're here with Holger from Vinegal Tour and we're going to be discussing a pet nat and tasting a selection of pet nats. So let's start with what the hell is a pet nat? Pet nat, short for pétillon naturel, uh, obviously French words, but a certain style of sparkling wine. Um, the simplest way to think about it is during fermentation, obviously we have all of the yeast being eaten up, the yeast eating up the sugar, um, turning the wine into alcohol gradually. And before this process finishes, we remove the wine from whatever vessel it's in and pop it into bottle and it finishes its fermentation in bottle under like a crown cap, like a beer top. And that keeps all of the CO2 that would usually escape into the air, um, leaves it in the bottle and it dissolves into the wine. So it's sort of a natural occurring sparkling in a way, but one single fermentation finishing in bottle, basically. Also known as Method Ancestral? Yes. So with the pet nuts, you uh, you never know if it's disgorged or not. Yeah. You know? And the same with Method So Ancestral. the problem is if you don't disgorge it, uh, then uh, it's quite, it can be quite wired. So, okay. you know, sometimes a third of the bottle is going, you know, right. just like this away, which is a little bit of a problem in restaurants or private. So, um, sometimes it's um, disgorged uh, to have not that wild foam, you know, not to have these wild bubbles. Right. But you never, you don't know it actually. So, the uh, the the old way of uh, Petillon Naturel was like Emily said, you just, Put the wine during fermentation with a particular amount of um, um, remaining sugar in the bottle, and uh, then it gets more or less dry, mm-hmm. full dry or off dry or whatever. So sometimes with this one, uh, someone said, for example, they um, there is some sweetness. Sometimes it's dry, so it depends how yeah, it's far odd. it's going. But yeah, on the point that you said before, the um, the thing that's quite, I guess, the skill with making a pet nat is knowing when to take it out of tank or barrel or whatever vessel it's in and moving it into the bottle at the right time. Because what's so difficult is if you do it too late, obviously, all of it, the sugar ferments. Got, yeah, you've got no bubble. And there's no bubble, which yeah. has happened often where we've tried wines that you've bought and some are, some are sparkling, some aren't sparkling. And then on the flip side... Too much gas. <laughs> yeah, and or too much yeah, too much sugar and then like you lose half the bottle as well because right, right. it's like exploding. Right. Which is frustrating. But Yeah. Yeah. So it's I think there is a skill and somebody's gotta know and be experienced in in what they're doing to be able to um do it well. Cool. I think it was an idea for a wine producer. Uh, to have his own sparkling wine without uh, this long time, right. you know. Normally, for good spa- fine sparkling wine, you need uh, 12 months, 15 years, or years. And with a pet nut, you just put it in a bottle, you wait until it's fermented, then you wait a little uh, um, longer months, and yeah. then um, you put it on the market. So it's quite easy done. Yeah. So this is, I think, it, it's really coming from this very basic rural winemaking point. And uh, it's now just within the last few years where it gets a name, is a natural yeah, it's a really wine. Important, I think yeah. it's now, it's, I think, for me, if I go out, often it's a style that I look for because it's so easy to drink. Um, it's not too complicated. Sometimes you don't always feel like champagne. Sometimes you feel like something that's like, it's got some sparkle, it's not sparkling as champagne. 
It's not yeah. too complex, and it's just like it's easy, a little bit like the smashable lovely. wines we were yeah, talking totally. about. It's like, it's like this is stuff I want to drink and keep drinking. It is definitely something I gravitate towards, also yeah. because the bubbles are tend to be finer. It's not yeah. as fizzy, so you don't feel as gassy after drinking yeah. a whole lot of it. This should overtake prosecco. Well, I think yeah, because you don't have often you don't have this sugar, right? And you've got. A lot of the time, people who are making pet nats, it's not too commercial. I think there are also so many varieties of pet nat instead of having, you know, when you think of like yeah. cava or prosecco or champagne, there's sort of a box that it has to exist in. And with pet nat, it can go anywhere. It can be pretty much any color. It can be anything. And you, as yeah. a winemaker, you don't have to wait so long. You know? Right. Yeah. You really want to do a fine sparkling wine like Pinier, Cremant. You need to wait 15 months, 18 months, 24 months. So it's a long time. Yeah, and it and keeps a lot the price of, down. Yes, and a lot of the young guys uh, doing natural wine today, they just can't allow to wait yeah. two years for the money to come in. So the first one we're having is... Um, Giacchino. Jack Vaughan. It's not Gaillac. Could be Gaillac. No, but it's not know. from Gaillac. It's from Savoir. <laughs> yeah, it's very the, confusing. The first wine that we're, <laughs> the first wine that we're tasting is Gwen bought it, and it's from, I think it's Giacchino, yeah. Jack Boul, uh, from Savoir, which yes. I believe is, is it 100% Jacquet, or I think this is 100% Jacquet, which is a great variety, indigenous to the Savoir. It smells like pears. It's like a pear drop. Delicious. So, um, 100% Jacquet, which is a great variety indigenous to Savoie. Seven months um, aging in the bottle. Yeah, seven months, like they disgorge it, filter it, and then put it back in the bottles. Yeah. So, Giacchino, um, still quite a small producer. I guess they're sort of coming up in the natty wine world for a while now. Um, I don't, I've never tried a red wine from them, but no, I I've only had whites from yeah, them. Yeah, white pet nap, they might make a red. What else do we know about this? It's Savoy, yeah. Savoy, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Super light in alcohol, 9%. There's, there's some sweetness. Yeah. I would say like 20 grams, maybe. 20? Mm -hmm. um, but it's, yeah, it has a particular taste, mm -hmm. you know. Pear is right, pear as well as something nutty again. Mm -hmm. um, I think the nutty is... hazelnutty, like... Yeah, the hazelnut note is actually quite nice because it balances the, the sweet, sugar yeah. and the sweetness. Mm. But mm. you know what, this, like... If I had friends coming over for a, if I had friends coming over for a barbecue or for a brunch, yes, or for a brunch, <laughs> you know I love a brunch bubble. We're back. Yeah. You and me are thinking I the same brunch. way. I love a brunch I bubble. Brunch. We need to do that brunch <laughs> brunch bubble. We were just talking about breakfast wine. Normally, brunch meets uh, means different kind of food. Most of them really not nice. I mean, lot, <laughs> big plates with everything on it. To me, brunch mix is. It up. To me, brunch just means I was too hungover and I got up too late for breakfast, so now I'm having breakfast when I got up. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what brunch means to me. <laughs> there might be good brunch, but uh, I just know most of the... Terrible brunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So actually, I think that was a good one to start with because it's mm. quite sweet. Yeah. And I think we're moving on to things that have a little more... We have the Moussa Moussets. I don't know. You know these ones better. So yeah, so we start with a big bottle. Oh, this is quite heavy. <laughs> Oh. Hyper modest. Hyper modest, yeah. What's so you're name? French. What a name. What 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 does it mean? Uh, fait pété. What does it fait mean? Fait pété, like <laughs> wow, uh, like. Oh, yeah, it's root or what? It yeah. might be. Yeah. <laughs> you have to remember, I speak a French dialect, but I'm pretty sure that that's. I'm gonna Google it to be nah, sure. Yeah, could be. I think it might be a double entendre a little bit. So it's a little bit. How do you say? Yeah, tongue in cheek. Dodgy. Say, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> 
Fepeteet means to fork over. What does it mean to fork over? Slang to fork over. I don't know. That's why I was like, it's a slang word that I'm not. Okay, it may be to fart. Okay, so it's like farting. That's why I was like, I'm not sure. Okay, okay, so it's a little bit. To produce a fart, so it's like a little fart. Okay. Yeah, but it also means something else. Like sometimes the wines are tasting like this on the first side. Really? Yeah. No. Let's say it clear. No, but I also think that fepetit can also mean something else. Like. Like kick this off, is you know, like okay. have it kick off, yeah, like okay. this is an organic taste it, as well. Get it started, sort yeah. of. Get it farted, get it started. Please, actual <laughs> actual French people, feel free to message us with your understanding of fait pété. So please, maybe in my Quebecoisness. So the next one. So just to say that again, so it's hyper modest, which I think is great. Is Bing. that the full name? So hyper modest from Karina Guillaume oh. Lefebvre. Lefebvre, yeah, it's Provence, it's Demet and Provence uh, oh, producer. Cool. And you know maybe the white, the red, the pomponet and all, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. It's the same producer. Okay. And uh, actually it's a young couple and uh, it's a really, really nice uh, uh, winery. And they do uh, now Vermentino and uh, Grenache, Mourvedre. So this one is a pure Vermentino, 100%. Vermentino. Yeah. Okay. And you see, it's a little bit cloudy. Which is not so common either to find full Vermentino. No. Which, um, are they calling it Vermentino or are they calling it Rome? No, they call it Vermentino. Rome? Okay. Um, and actually the clones are from Mr. Abatucci, mm. uh, from Kodica, mm. which are friends of him, of, of, the, of the family. And uh, oh. yeah. I love those Abatucci wines. Vermentino mm. mm. is another great variety. I think we often Overlook. skirt over a little bit. Tell us about it. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Go on then. No, but I think it's... <laughs> oh, good. So this um, is quite dry, huh? Yeah, I think the... Ver- no, but I think Vermentino in general can be really fruity, sometimes too fruity, but it's quite nice. It's got this lovely peachy, slightly really floral... Nice, yeah. I think Vermentino for like an Albarino drinker is a nice yeah. alternative when it comes from a good producer on good soil where it's got this mineral edge to it, which I think this is really this is nice. lovely, yeah. Mm. Any residual sugar in this wine? I don't taste it. No, I think it's got very dry. It smells like tinned peaches to me. Yeah, it's nice. really... Totally. My childhood of fruit tinned cocktail. fruit. Thank you, Mum, for feeding me... <laughs> Del Monte <laughs> fruit cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> What I can say, it's quite mouth-watering, you know. You yes, know, I want to drink really more of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm drinking today because I'm on holiday for the next week. So. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. It's really nice, the fruit, but then this lovely, like, very super, super fresh. Like, yeah, I, I imagine being in the seas drinking this. <laughs> I'm on the beach. I'm in Sevilla. I'm going to the sea. That's where I'll be tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> Laying in the pool in Sevilla. Drinking this. This that is very delicious. nice. What is it fit price? Points wise in the shop, how much? This is a Magnum, so. I think the Magnum is around uh, thirty, beginning thirty. That's okay. really good. Thirty-two or so. Hmm? Yeah, it's a nice, nice, easy way to kick off an evening with that. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. yeah ease, in, ease into an evening. I'd love to have a bottle of this when friends come round. Yeah, me too. It's like the perfect come over. Okay, can we're you imagine? Still I think just the two of us. I think we could. Yeah. <laughs> just don't invite any other friends. No, exactly. Get your boyfriend on the. Barbecue cooking, and we'll just. He doesn't even like fizz, so it's perfect. We don't yeah. have to share with him. We can have so his own. Yeah. You have a He's beer. He's a red wine guy. Or? 
Ah, uh, he just doesn't love it. He's Austrian. He loves a Gruner Wittlinger. Oh. Yeah, so we'll go. We'll go. <laughs> we'll go He's again. Austrian. It's hard. Yeah. yeah, they're very particular. Yeah, they like their wines. They yeah. love their wine. I mean, they have good wines. Yeah, and it's a small country, so they have to you know. hold it dear. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's so great. Good. I wouldn't have to share with them. No, we just two, mag- two magnums, two people. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Next week when I'm back, responsible drinking. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I'll feed you. It's all right. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say about this one in particular? It's a wine that actually makes you want to just I'm drink. just drinking. Yeah. Mm. I think they make really nice wines and they're getting better with every vintage. You know, they have white and reds, which they uh, release at a late point now. We have the La Is Rouge 2014, which is really, really nice. Mm. And uh, the whites as well. And they are all non sulfate now. So it's really good producer to watch, to watch out. Yeah, very, very nice. nice. It's a dangerous wine. Oh, yeah. I think so. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I realize as well it's getting into, you know, very quickly. Yeah. With the bubbles, you're mm-hmm. drunk quicker. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. I'm really sad that I'm going to have to go soon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up leaving Emily with the rest of the sparkles. <laughs> so we what taste the uh, Moussa Mousset. Mousset. So the next one is Moussa Mousset from I'm take a tiny Agnes and Rene Moss. So Moussa Mousset. By Rene and yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the vintage for this? Uh, I think there's no vintage. We have to okay. look at the number. It's 16. It's a lot number. So I would say this is um, from wines from 16 and uh, yeah, should be on in the bottle maybe for 12 months or so. Uh, and you see there's... Uh, it's, Typical for pet night, there's some cloudiness. Mm-hmm. And, and some sediment. Some sediments, yeah. And this one uh, could be wine stone as well. Uh, wine diamond, I do think. In tartrates. Yeah, tartrates. Oh, that's so nice, the German translation. Wine, wine diamonds. diamonds. We should no, call it no, wine no, diamonds. No, 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 oh, okay. I thought it would be the English term. Oh, okay. <laughs> Weinstein, it's a German wine stone. Stone, stone, yeah. Less glamorous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still... <laughs> I think that's this English uh, sommelier speak wine diamonds. I mean, I think I'm we should call it from yeah. now on wine diamonds. Let's do it. We should do an episode on just wines wine with wine diamonds. Yeah, totally. That's it. Wine with diamonds. <laughs> I wish I could stay, but I really have to run. So I'm going to leave this. I'm handing over the headphones to Emily. Okay. I'm going to leave. And um, thank you for having thank you. me. Good luck with your nails, Gwen. <laughs> that's staying in. Ciao, guys. Ciao. 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 Toodles. So, um, Moussa Mousset, Rene Moss, what can you tell us about this? I think this is the first, uh, when I first had it, we uh, we were not sure because the first vintage we had was a little bit sweet. Yeah. And um, so you never know. Sometimes it's sweet, sometimes it's off dry. Uh, I think there's a little bit of, I would have to, to look, but I think there's a little bit of Cabernet Franc, Pinot Donis, um, yeah, uh, maybe Gamay as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but uh, at the end, it's a it's a more consistent pet nut than others. You know, sometimes uh, we have pet nuts which are nearly non-sparkling. This is always nice sparkling. You know, and uh, you mean what consistent in terms of the bubbles that it has yeah, every year? Yeah, okay. bubbles and uh, as well the um, style, direction, the style. Yep. You know? yeah. This is not uh, never too fruity, not too much on the red berry side. Uh, so it's uh, more easier to, 
to know what's in the bottle without tasting. The customers as well. So sometimes you have uh, uh, pit nuts which are really, really different and sometimes with off flavors. Mm. And the point is with the CO2, you get the flavors, even the off flavors as well, uh, very directly. Yeah. That's, that's the point. So it's a little bit. I think what's interesting about this particular category, which we haven't discussed, is the fact that often we assume to have it earlier on. So we talked about breakfast brunch, which it's perfect for. But actually, I find that sometimes if I've been like dinner, had a lot to drink, had a lot to eat, sometimes your palate and everything feels a little bit tired. But sometimes a way to continue on the night is actually to freshen things up with something like this that's light. There's still some nice fruit there, but it's not super sweet. It's almost like digestive in that way of like yeah. a tonic of like, okay, now we can reset. Yeah. What I like here is uh, the food is really in the background. And um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, you could say even elegant. It's it's fine. It's uh, There's a little hint of tannin. So mm. I think it's, uh, I it's see a very line, reliable. Yeah. And I see a line between this and the wine before in terms of there's some fruit there. That mm. makes it appealing that it doesn't feel super dry, but it is dry. Yeah. It's very refreshing. Yeah. That no, you no, don't no. feel like, for my personal taste, maybe the Giacchino, after a few bottles, it would get too sweet for me. It's like yeah. I can't drink yeah. Prosecco, for example. I think this is perfect for light desserts, maybe. Yeah. And as well. Yeah, fruit desserts. Yeah, yeah. Or for, yeah, for brunch time, um, you know, when it's lunchtime. So. Agreed. Very nice. It's delicious. So sometimes if there is some when there is some sugar, it's the same as the off dry white wines from us. It's always very well integrated, so you don't. Uh, it's not disturbing the taste. Uh, it's part of the taste, and so they really know how to to build in the sugar to the with the whole idea of the wine or the sparkling wine. Mm. So it's never you know just a, a, a sweet taste which sends besides. So it's always going very well together with the wine. No, very, very nice. So which do you like more or do you think they're just different? They are just different. I think Moussa Mousset is maybe um, a little bit more... I, I think I feel a little bit more loyal to Moussa Mousset because I've been following mm. it for a few years. Yeah. That I have like a little soft space in yeah. my heart for it. But I actually, that that magnum is quite dangerous. Like I yeah. think I think I would drink a lot more of that. Yes. I think, yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's uh, even more mouth-watering. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to try it again? If you have a group of people together, magnums, to be able to get people to taste in magnum and drink in magnum. Yeah. I think it's always nice to bring a magnum, you know? Yeah. To a party. Especially if you're more than, like, four to six people. Yeah. Like, I, for my birthday, I, um, two years ago, I went to Noble Rockford for dinner and we were like 15 people and we all bought our own wine so we all had to bring a minimum of two bottles each yeah but it actually went with that amount of people and we had single bottles it was actually really irresponsible of all of us because we ended up like shotting wine because you didn't even have a full like you'd half a glass each so yeah. you'd have like two good tastes and then it would be like okay what's the next bottle so we ended up drinking really quickly and actually not really appreciating and enjoying the wines I think the dangerous thing is when you just, everybody brings a bottle, you open a lot of bottles, I know that, and then, you know, you get a shot from every side. So you don't, you don't really know what you, what you, the quantity, what you drink. 
Yeah. Because, you know, the, the glass is never full. We don't mm. do that between wine people. Yeah. Uh, but it's always filled up. Yeah. At the end. And with the sparkling wine, you have to be very... It's got... I already know it now, or feel it now. It's getting quick. It's very... It's like a drug. It's going into the blood and... Yeah. It's very... Um, yeah. It's dangerous. But I think that's why it's so... It's so liked, you know, <laughs> because it's quick. And that's way maybe a point why it's uh, so beloved uh, as an imperative. You know, when you don't know if you have a uh, different people for your wedding mm. or whatever, and then you know people don't know each other, and with this sparkling wine, it gets very quick. Isn't you know, it? You, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's lively to but help you, you relax. Yes, yeah, yeah, and to to maybe to speak with somebody you don't know. That's that's a point. I think also, I still, I mean, it's the sound of the bottle, isn't it? And seeing the bubbles. And it's so bizarre because I think it's yeah. maybe almost a primal thing of like, why do we get, why do we get so excited mm. by sparkling wine? Mm. I think it's uh, it, the bubbles, it's the uh, festivity, you know, mm. it thinks it's, uh, it's opened uh, mostly on special moments. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's cultural tradition more than anything, rather than the wine itself. It's what we associate with sparkling wine that makes us. Yeah. Maybe. It must, yeah. It makes the situation special, yeah. even if it's not. You know? So with a, a sparkle, you, you put some sparkle into your event <laughs> or into mm. maybe just a normal evening, you know? And yeah, but it would be interesting to, to, to look further behind why it has to be mostly sparkling yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, I think I it's maybe to, to, uh, maybe it's really to break quickly the border between people. You know, because with the yeah, CO2, you, you there's have a, to get There's more. a theatre as well, isn't yeah. there, of actually opening the wine. It's yeah. much more exciting to watch yeah. the popping of the cork or if you yeah. want to sabre a bottle. Yeah. There's like a theatre and a showmanship about it yeah. and everybody can look at it as more of a spectacle, Yeah. which maybe makes it also feel more special because yeah. of that yeah because everybody watches like i know even in a restaurant yeah when i sell wine to people and i'm opening bottles of wine usually if it's a bottle of still wine nobody's really watching you open no. it the whole way or maybe sherry. the only nobody's interested in sherry yeah and you're just pulling it out and then when it comes to sparkling wine mm. and you have to remove the cork everybody's like is it gonna overflow what's yeah. going on yeah <laughs> you know? of course yeah there's an excitement yeah yeah, and you see, when you when you have a race from a one race, it's always a big bottle of sparkling wine, champagne, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but what you really could do is uh, or could try what we do sometimes here. If you have a good aged dry sherry, to mix it with a bubbly, that's perfect. You take a dry amontillado, dry oloroso, or even a dry manzanilla pasada together. Uh, with these uh, sparkling wines, it goes so well together. I can imagine, like particularly, do you do that with champagne or like yeah, any sparkling? Yes, I wouldn't do that with a very good old vintage before champagne. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but like a non-vintage yeah. or somebody. If you take a straight cava, yeah. for example, which is very good. Uh, but the I think together, what they have is the contact with the yeast. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It goes this umami so, so well. Yeah, so well together. Yeah. Uh, so we often do that. If you have a clean, uh, a sparkling wine, yeah. and then we put a little bit of uh, uh, Oloroso to it, it's perfect. It's go. Yeah, it's really, nice. it's a little bit, uh, it pushes up. 
Anyway, I think in the next year, sommeliers will start to, to, to mix wines. Well, that's already happening. Yeah, but even more. Without prediction. So you, uh, they are less anxious about mm. it. And they don't have to keep the image. So mm. they, they, it's their own decision. I think, like, I was a bit, like, I went to a restaurant in, in Melbourne. I used to work at Attica and I went there and they, and I went there for dinner in January and they mixed sake with Riesling, which, but it was like a really high quality sake with a bit of an average Riesling. But the concept of it I loved because I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I've actually, I'm, when you have like, um, like Junmai, Dai, Daiginjo um, sake, there are similar profiles and, and flavor elements mm. that are similar to Riesling. So I was like, on paper, that sounds great. But they like poured the sake at, at the table into the glass and then they poured the Riesling into the glass after. So there was no sort of like proper measurement of it. Yeah. And that was a bit like, nah, yeah. I'm paying so much so money for it, this, you know, I'm not seems, down with yeah, it. And it seems a little bit, if you have a really good Riesling or a really good sake. The sake was this, so good uh, yeah, that I would have preferred the sake alone. Yes. If you have very good products, I wouldn't do that, you know. It's a really special product. Yeah. Uh, or specials maybe like this uh, 57 uh, Ganacha. If you put some uh, cassis liquor in it, I think uh, it wouldn't be... What's the point? Work. Yeah, because uh, this is a rare bottle and then I wouldn't do that. But, yeah. You know, Sometimes it makes sense, but... Uh, I like the idea of wine cocktails where you're mixing yeah. different wines to make a drink. Like I did the Noi Dinners event and yeah. obviously all of the wines and most of the products were coming actually from, from you and from mm -hmm. Vinnie Couture. And I really, it was interesting because it was a case of they needed things with certain sweetness. So some maybe sweet wines are mixed with steel wines or some off-dry sparklings are mixed with dry sparklings. And I thought that was like... There was an element where I thought that's really smart, like that really, really works, particularly for these dishes. Yeah. And I think in that, that sort of environment, it really works. But yeah. they were measured to recipe yeah. to go. They weren't just sort of free poured at the table. And in the overall experience, was it too much? The uh, the different parts of a dessert and then at a uh, drink together as well, uh, different wines and sparkling wines together was it a little bit too much of I don't, well I didn't get too much feedback on on that in particular or anybody that said that I don't think anybody found it too much I would have maybe done like a mixture of drinks so like they weren't all wine mm. dominant like I would have maybe done um maybe one actual cocktail with spirits like mm -hmm. for some of it and also some plain wine as well because I think there are lots of great wines that work desserts as yeah. well mm -hmm. Um, but I think the overall feedback was people really liked the matches. Yeah. So it worked well. And uh, for other René, René Franks, he really thinks about it as well. He's um, quite. He's very smart and he's yes. very um, considered. So and as a patissier, you're always used to uh, to to combining. Make things. Yeah. That's it. and he's very accurate. So he yeah. really knows what he wants, and uh, uh, I think it's good to respect his decision to have it like this. No. I think it, the positive thing that I think about that was that it really um, it gave it like a different element of an experience. So yeah. um, I think that was that was yeah. smart. And it's the way he uh, works in his restaurant as well. So I think it's good. Yeah, and he's he is a very again he's like I was quite impressed with him as a person. Like he's mm. very thought out and he is caring not just about the food that he's plating, which 
that is changing in the chef world, but like it's still relatively a new concept that chefs care so much about the drinks yeah. and are so yeah. involved with the drinks. And he was so from, it was the, really from the beginning like this. He's really, you know, he wants to create an experience. Yeah. But that's, and I think that's really good and it's really important. And that's what we all need to remember when we work in restaurants is that we people come to restaurants for the experience. Yeah. It's an escape often and it's yeah. uh, and it is an experience. And I think we're all responsible for trying to deliver the best we can yeah. for the people that are sitting in front of us and to make them have a great time. Of course. So if we can do that in any which way, and I think that's cool. And it's nice if you can challenge people a little bit, but also make them feel safe and relaxed at the same yeah. time that's if you can manage that balance that's like that's amazing yeah I, i'm mm. uh, i was amazed how from the beginning when he opened his restaurant he really had his clear idea as well on the uh, combining wines you know and as well the mixture so he really he, he stops when he's 100 sure about the taste yeah you know and he, it's really sometimes for for some people it might be with six or five courses and six or five wines, a little bit too much. But um, he makes it like this and it's a whole package and I think it's But this is kind it's of pure, you know, and yeah. that's why that's the same with the when, when I talking about the winemakers. He's he knows what to do. He's still open to every direction, but he has at the same time his own way of doing things. Same path, yeah. yeah. And this is at the end nothing to do with uh, Not only with biodynamics and bio and all this stuff and all, you know, sometimes I have as well customers here which are just coming under this glow of biodynamics, nature, and the dirtier the better. That's not my world. You know, I'm always searching more from the purity of, uh, of, um, of the product and how it's related to the person. So, because mm. with a person mm. I can talk to and I can learn. Um, and uh, that's the most important part for me, or rewarding part. That's yeah. what I would say. Rewarding, yeah. Yeah, that's one point. So one thing is to sell the wine. That's okay to sell nice wines, and that's one point. But the rewarding part is if you can learn from somebody, mm. and from somebody's work, and how he's doing things. And I think that's for me. That's more important. Yeah. I understand that. So the next. And last one will be the, uh, it's a Chenin Blanc, Brutal. Yep. Um, so, so maybe for the podcast, it's worth mentioning Brutal. Uh, yeah, there's is a, this, this is like a Brutal wine, part of the Brutal. Yeah. Or... I, you know, I'm, I must say, uh, I'm not sure if, if it's really, so there... Well, that's just I the name I think Laureano Serres started together with uh, Jean Ramon Escoda, these brutal things, and there is this bar brutal, which is related to a quite bigger importer of natural wines in Barcelona. Yeah. I'm, I must say, I'm not, I'm not really sure if it's going into these um, direction labels brutal. Okay. I don't know. Okay. It might be, but... Um, yeah. Because the label doesn't show that it's. Yeah, it it's, it's like a different. It, it's called Portal. Babas. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the guys actually called Sebastian, but everybody says Babas to him. Okay. And he's, uh, he's doing some very nice uh, Chenet Blanc. He's doing some uh, Pinot Donis, some 
Cabernet and yeah, this is a rare sparkling wine from him. Mm. I think compared to the the wines we had before, a bit more challenging, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think as well you have this It's like zero sugar. This is bone dry. Yeah. This is bone dry. And uh, what you can taste here, when you tasted it one year before, it, this one needs some bottle age. Mm. You know, even sparkling wine can need some time to find um, uh, the right expression, the, the right identity. To so This one is much finer now than it was half a year ago. Yeah, okay. But of course, there's a little bit stinky, huh? Yeah, it's slightly reductive. Mm. It's got this like singed hair. I've just leaned over the stove to smell whatever I'm cooking and I've caught yeah. my hair on fire. <laughs> yeah, this is very dry. It's very light, 10.5. Then again, I think with, um, maybe you could even try it with oysters or so. I think so. I actually think really clean, pure flavors would be really nice with this yeah. wine. And nothing with spice. And nothing with too much fruit. Mm. Like really pristine, dry food, saline food. Oysters would, be, oysters would be amazing. Yeah. Oysters would work really well with this wine. If we're in Germany and we're on the Baltic Sea, mm. Matches fillet. Yeah. Matches in Brutchen. Yeah, I don't know. Don't you reckon? I, I don't eat matches. I don't like it. Okay. I was brought up Some with, uh, with, with uh, matches which were just from the glass okay. from the supermarket. So I'm coming not from a fishy area. So what we get on fish was really disgusting. not great quality. No, yeah, yeah. it was just intense. And um, no, we we never. When I was young, we didn't have good uh, good fish. That's why until today I don't really. It's Eat not fish. easy for me to have a fish as a main course. Even if you were somewhere like in Spain? Galicia, like... I do that. I do that. I'm, you know, I know that it's good. And uh, yeah. I, um, I push myself into it to taste it when I say, okay, they have... Oh, uh, it's such a shame though, isn't it? To like spoil I, 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 I know that it's good, but it's, you know, when, when you're brought up or when you're, when you're young, you, are, you have a different uh, category of... Uh, product which is not really really not good and just of mediocre quality then it's hard to change it later yeah agreed you know mm. that's maybe you know that from a different direction but uh, for me it was uh, the fishy things which was not of good quality yeah i can imagine you know and then we have the all mobs from the supermarket and uh, it's it's hard to change, even when you're getting older. These uh, first years are very important for your how do you vote things. Uh, but I, I try it as a professional. I do it, but it's hard for me to have it as a main cause. Thank you, Holger. Welcome. Thank you.